Well, hello and welcome. Thanks for joining me. This is Ross Jones, your business coach with my weekly podcast show, Bold Business Bits, coming to you from Yorkshire. This is where I have a great conversation with a phenomenal female business boss. We share some of the bold stuff they do, lessons they've learned, adversities they've overcome and the fun they have. And then I'll be dipping into my toolkit and sharing a top tip. Business can be lonely, so make sure you join us each week and be part of our show. Well, hello and welcome to episode 33 of Bold Business Bits podcast show. This is Ros Jones and today I'm joined by Julie Dodsworth of Julie Dodsworth Home and Gift. It was an absolute privilege to get the opportunity to speak with Julie. Julie is the owner of Dodsworth, the plant display people, and of course, now famous for her artisan design. She started her home and gift business on her narrowboat, Calamity Jane, but through perseverance, hard work and determination to share her artisan design with the world, in spite of cynical bank managers, her hand-painted designs are famous around the world now, with prints of everything from barber to biscuits and watering cans to wellies. This woman is wise, humble, inspirational and courageous, and has won the Orange National Business Award. I was really proud to get the opportunity to speak with her. Listen on and hear a small part of the extraordinary story of an ordinary woman. So hello and welcome to Bold Business Bits. This is Ros Jones and today I'm joined by Julie Dosworth, Home and Gifts. Hello, Julie. Hello, Ros. Thank you so much for joining me today. So, Julie, I know a bit about your story, but um, what I'd like to know really is just do you tell us a bit about... You create these beautiful designs and then they're uh, licensed and sold in, well, all over the world. you tell us a bit about how you got the idea, how you came to be where you are now? <laughs> um, well, I got the idea because I, uh, my husband and I, we bought a narrowboat about 10 years ago. It was always our life stream, actually, to own a narrowboat. And when this boat came along it needed decoration and I took it along to a boat decorating expert and I kind of saw his ideas but they weren't really my ideas and I thought hmm, well I'll have a little go at that and uh, went away all sort of sure about myself that that would be dead easy because it was really difficult but it takes a long time to build a narrowboat, so I had plenty of time to practice while it was being built. And I came up with my own designs, which were really just a canal forecart that I learned really from a book. And I took it from there, but I changed the colours of uh, traditional narrowboats, the colours that I like, which are more heritage, softer, uh, probably a little bit more girly. And that's where my style and brand was born. On the narrowboat? On the narrowboat, yes. And it was just going to be that, really. And it was my daughter who said that the designs would sell onto products. And it was then that I got the idea that it would be take me a hundred lifetimes to build factories all over the world and make my own products. <laughs> and so the way forward was to do it under licence and to collaborate with major manufacturers and I would be a licensee, licensor, and they would be a licensee. Fantastic. But so how did you know where to go? Well, I, I just didn't. But I went to garden centres, gift stores and what have you. And I bought lots of products, took them home. 
products that were made by well-known household names. And then I was able to study the very fine print on the labels and so forth. And I made a matrix of all the factories in Britain and who was making what. And it was obvious there were market leaders in textiles. There was a market leader in uh, mugs, dinner plates and so right. forth. Mm-hmm. And like one of those market leaders was Churchill China. And so they became my target. And how did you target them? Uh, Well, really difficult because you're back to sort of cold calling, writing letters, just the usual kind of uh, route of really trying to present yourself to someone. Um, Really, really difficult. The reception at Churchill, they were the people who said to me that um, I was somebody who was singing on the street corner and expecting to get a part in the West End. Ah. And uh, that really hit home to me. I I drove home with, I was just welling up all the way home thinking this is, it's practically hopeless. Uh, It's just hopeless. But the next time I had the chance to sort of pass their factory in Stoke, well, I made the chance really. I just sat in their reception all day and their head of design, I knew would eventually go to lunch or at least go home. And I asked if I could see him and he couldn't believe I'd waited all day to see him. And he gave me that conversation. So he said, you'll need to come back in so many weeks with this artwork, like this, like this. And it was really a brush off, but actually I just followed what he said to the letter and um, he was fairly astonished I'd done that, really. Fantastic. So just sheer grit and determination. Yeah, three things. Perseverance, perseverance, perseverance. And without being a bother to somebody, it's very difficult. It's almost like having the timing of a really good comedian. You've got got to know when to not ask and you've got to know when to stay away and to be quiet. And they just pick your moment, really. Yeah. Yeah. Fabulous. (laughs) And then then what happened? Well... Churchill was actually my second licence. So before that, I had, I had signed with textiles. So getting that signing was just tremendous. Yeah. And as I said, they were a market leader and therefore market leaders in other genres, like I then signed with Wax Lyrical for Candles. Oh, yeah. Um, again, fabulous company. And we're already going places. And I knew they were the right people because their other licences were just people I'd heard of. So that was great. And it was Wax Lyrical who actually coined the phrase when people sort of said, well, Julie's not a celebrity. Julie hasn't won Bake Off. Julie hasn't done this. Julie's not been to an art school. They put it forward that it was an extraordinary story of an ordinary woman. And I I really liked that. I I went with that. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it's lovely. And also, I th- there's a line somewhere, um, and I can't remember who, maybe it was that, I don't, maybe it was them that made this up, but it's the thing about just doing ordinary things over and over again can create extraordinary results just through that focus and discipline and consistency. Yes, and I, I, I was confident that the artwork was was fine. It was, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say my artwork is amazing, but it was fit for purpose. And it was certainly definitely on trend at the time uh, because vintage was all coming in. What I didn't realise was that flowers actually never go out of style. So that's great. Yeah. And I was choosing colours that I like. And if I was, if I like them, somebody else would like them. Absolutely. And from my flower and plant background, 
I do have that skill set and that, that is something I am trained in. So I know all about colour and I know all about putting colour together. So I was confident about that. It was really just the fame bit that was a struggle. Mm. Um, that, you know, that same year, the two hairy bikers were signed as a licence. Right. Well, you know, they're famous and yeah. you're, you're always going to be up against what appears to be instant fame, uh, whereas I've had to do it very, very slowly and step by step. And now you're famous. Well, I'd like to be. I'd like the yeah. brand to be famous. Uh, yeah, that I, would be amazing. Yeah, I think it is famous. So but you touched there on your plant business, Julie. So mm-hmm. you've got a really successful, you built a very successful Doddsworth plant business. Mm-hmm. So you've got this fantastically successful business in the plants. Everything's doing well. So why would you suddenly decide to go off and, and put yourself through this perseverance journey of uh, knocking on doors to get your, your homeware sold? What made that happen? Did um, you just get bored one day or what? No, I, yeah, um, you're, you're absolutely right that it was madness really because... You know, my husband's expression was, you know, Julie, we're on the home run. You know, everything we'd worked so hard for and sacrificed was really coming to fruition. But it just really was just this lifelong dream, this this thing of like when I was at school, all I wanted to do was go to art school and design packaging, basically. And I was just told I couldn't do that. And I just really wanted to realise a childhood dream. I'm just one of these people that the more that people say no, Hmm. (laughs) the more I'm pretty determined. I mean, going back to the beginning of the plant display business, you know, I went to see the bank manager in York, had a a newborn baby in my arms and I I put the idea to him. This is in 1989. And I said, oh, I want to start this little business and I'm going to water people's plants for them and they'll pay me to do that. And I thought the bank manager was going to kill himself laughing, falling off the chair. You know, he said, well, people in Yorkshire will pay for that. And I said, well, (laughs) it's happening in London and it it could come north, you know. And he wouldn't lend me the money for a van. And, um, you know, Sam and I had to sell bits and bobs around the house to raise the money for a van. And and now, (laughs) yeah, yeah, you know... um, I'd like to see that guy today, really. But it was his knockback that just made me more determined, really. So we have to thank him, really. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. (laughs) Be grateful for these things that help turn us around. Yes. it's. I mean, I'm a big football fan, Rose. Come on, Leeds. And uh, <laughs> and the thing is, you know, when the other teams score, you know, the best way isn't to walk around the field sulking, it's to go score at the other end. Absolutely. That's the only answer to it. Yeah. And, yeah, so... And I said that all the time to the kids. Just got to go score a goal at the other end. Yeah, and that's yeah. a great philosophy. I love, I love that. So what's next, Julie? What's next? Yeah. Well, there's always a next. And what I'd like to do, I'd like to sort of build on the licences that I have. Maybe go international, which would be great. We have a launch in Japan this year. Uh, you know, I've done a launch in the States before. So that'd be great. But my focus, to be honest, is um, to build Beth's uh, business with her, okay. mm-hmm. um, which is what we call our mini trade counter. And this is where by, um, we can collate a lot of the jewellery products together and then sell them to smaller independents like Castle Howard Shop. They're yeah. great uh, purveyors of our stuff and so forth. It's a great little business for the future and I can't do this without Beth. She's really uh, rocks at all the ethical yeah. stuff. She's a great millennial mind at this. Uh, she wants everything to be vegan friendly, recyclable, so forth. 
we've eliminated a lot of products out of the range and brought this new stuff in. So that to me is the future, definitely. And even if our little palm oil free soap just changes the world a tiny bit, it'll be worth it. So how do how does that work with that counter? So do do retail go direct to you or? Yes. Buy from, okay. Yeah. So yeah, yeah basically, um, a retail shop can then do business with Beth direct, okay. and uh, they can place um, a small modest order, and they can have these orders small and often. The big factories that I collaborate with, they deal with the big stuff. They sell to Waitrose, your John yeah. Lewis, and so forth. So we leave that to them, which is great, and I get paid my royalties. Yeah. And the small stuff is something that uh, Beth and I can build together. Yeah. Um, but it's great, really, because it gives us as well uh, direct feedback uh, from the shops of what's working, what doesn't yeah. work, yeah. or they'll tell us they may have a product by somebody else that's working really well. Um, we have a candle that had a similar fragrance yes. or so forth. So always learning and so forth. But yes, it's a, a great idea for the future. And I'm really excited to sort of try and build this with Beth. So yeah, uh, yeah. fantastic. So and what's it like working with your daughter then? Oh, well, exciting. <laughs> <laughs> um, the key to it is definitely what the rule that Simon and I made with the plant display business. One word, delineation. Right. Uh, Delineation all the way. So we're very clear about who decides on what. Uh, Beth's strengths are definitely about the product itself, the chemicals, the chemistry, you know, maybe what a candle's made of, the supply source and so forth. The margins, because obviously that's got to work. And then I focus on the design, the packaging, the wording, the fonts, yeah, so, and then obviously there's all the other jobs that go in a business mm. and um, we've divided those up as well. And the jobs that neither of us want, uh, we've given to dad. Yeah. So there we are. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. So my husband is now in charge of like insurance and things yeah. like that, yes. Yeah. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah. Re- really great arrangement. And do you still do all your um, creativity stuff on the boat? Yes. Funnily enough, I met another lady who kind of does what we do, won't mention it by name, not going to advertise there, but lovely lady. And uh, she was sort of saying that her business has grown and she doesn't have time to paint. And I kind of thought, yes, I can see why that happens, really. But because I paint for fun, if that's the yes. word, or for enjoyment, yeah, yeah. I do it when I'm on holiday so and weekends. So I do have time to paint. It's just on what you might call my time. Yeah. But that's great because it's like what I love it. to do. Yeah, so, yeah. So and that, that works. happens on the boat. And it always happens on the yeah. boat. I paint onto three-dimensional objects like watering cans and chairs and just things around the boat. And then the, the pattern then has to form around that object. Yeah. And, and that's why my designs work, I think, because then they actually then will form around a little yes, seed pot or around yeah. a candle. So, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, you're not just applying a flat design to something. Yeah. So what about times of adversity? And you told us about the hard work it was getting through to the you know, suppliers. What about um, other times of adversity in your life? Is there a, one time in particular when you faced a tough time, but something good actually finally came out of it and, and what that was. Is there something you'd like to share with us? Um, well, there's been a lot of, um, we won't call them nulls in the homeware business, but they're, they're kind of setbacks where folks might say they want to work with you and then 
then it doesn't really happen or it's delayed or it's put back and so forth. And um, But I think probably a better example, what, probably going back into the homeware mm -hmm. business, into the plant display business, I would say like the credit crunch and the petrol mm -hmm. crisis. The petrol crisis was really hard on us. We had 10 men and 10 vans out on the road with living tropical plants all around the country that all need servicing and care yeah. and water and running out of fuel to get to them, really. Yeah. The, that plant display business has grown from my kitchen table to what it is today, that we have 34,000 trees and plants on rent wow. and within a week they could have all been dead. Yeah. And um, it was really... What came of that was really gathering the team around the table as how best we were going to work this out. Every drop of petrol had to count. And it was just the way that we all pulled together with it, really, that I wasn't frightened to ask for help. And I've never been frightened to ask for help. You know, if I'm lost, Ros, I'll wind the window down and ask for directions. Yeah. And um, I... Uh, was in a, a, a small network group, and I know Paul Hewlett was in that group at the time. And we met for a, a coffee at the services, and we shared, you know, this grief about the petrol crisis. Yeah. It was really good. It really was a problem shared, was a problem halved. Yeah. yeah, definitely. You know, people were just brainstorming with me of, like, a solution to it. But the thing is, it was nice to know I had friends in business, and I was surrounded by very, very good friends at work and the colleagues yeah. that I had, yeah. So that's a good, that's, that's, I, I love that, it's great. Uh, and what about your, because I think your team are very important to you, aren't they, in, in, the, um, in the plant? Yes, they are. We've, um, I think what it is, in the presentation I had this morning, you see I was a girl who left school at 16 and uh, had an apprenticeship and pretty tough, to be honest. Uh, like I said, I had to live away from home and not easy at all. And I recognised that there are folks in this world youngsters in this world or oh, maybe not shining academic at school but you know they're good honest kids and they maybe want to work with their hands and they maybe want to be an artisan and I wanted to sort of champion that and give that belief back really one person gave it to me and I wanted to pass that on really and I've had that repaid to me a thousandfold the guys who left school and came to me as apprentices are still with me now and they're coming wow. up to their 40th birthday. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> um, Chris talks about the new lad this morning. Gosh, she's been with us seven years. <laughs> and I really... <laughs> no. And um, the thing is, it's because I trust them absolutely, 100%, and I give them 100% responsibility. And that means that they don't have tags in their vans that track them where they go or anything like that. They're given a job to do and they fulfil it in a time and a space and with a budget that is free to them. And that's why that works. And, you know, one of the proudest things I have in my life is I won the Orange National Business Award for team development. And the citation said that my ideas could have been taken to any team in yeah. the country. Yeah. And the people we beat on the night was Aviva and Telewest Broadband, a little team like us from Borough Bridge. That was quite a cool. So yeah, that was uh, yeah. fantastic. Congratulations. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But also, I love that. So if you give 100%, you will get 100%. Massively. I, I've always got this feeling at work that I'm not being talked about or, you know, we've got this sort of open door. I always kind of say, you know, if, you, if you've got a... a 
a problem or a challenge or there's something tricky, just say and we'll sort it out. Yeah. Uh, whether it's with a, a you know a client or you're worried about something or you know I like things that are sorted out quickly and on the hoof. Yeah. I don't like things waiting for the Friday meeting or Monday morning because they kind of fester and grow yeah. bigger. But I think with the guys, they all know that I've been there and Simon too. That we've done all the jobs. We've done the litter picking at Morrison's. <laughs> we've done all the jobs. And, uh, yeah, I, I feel there's just a two-way respect there, you know. Yeah, Yeah, like 24-7. Definitely. And if there's one piece of advice, so if I'm sitting here before you, Judy, <laughs> wanted to start my new business, what one piece of advice would you give me? Gosh. Um, I would say f- focus on the customers and what they see and what they need. What you need, <laughs> you might not need a, a shiny new van and all that sort of thing. But, you know, if a second van van will do, but the customer's going to see you a lot more than he's going to see your van, focus on your presentation, what your uniform is and so forth. Yeah. We've always put our priority with what the customer sees, what the customer experiences. They don't need to know that they trolley in the unit the wheels fallen off and yeah. we need to get that fixed or so forth you know I, and I think because Simon and I have made some careful sacrifices along the way we've been able to then reap that reward later rather than trying to have everything all at once and then it falls apart yeah. I think it's just go steady don't borrow too much yes <laughs> yeah well thank you very much Julie it's been absolutely wonderful to speak with you today thank you so much Thank you, Ross. In our conversation, Julie spoke about perseverance, perseverance, perseverance. The importance of perseverance if you are going to succeed. She wanted to get in front of certain manufacturers who she wanted to buy her license to make her designs. And of course, she wasn't a famous name then, but she wanted to get in front of these people. She had this real passion, this belief in herself and the quality of her designs that she just kept on trying and trying and trying and overcame rejection to finally being accepted. And I love that whole determination and perseverance. And it just reminded me as I was listening to her of that poem by Marianne Williamson called Who Am I To Brilliant? It's like, what is it that holds us back from shining our light? If we truly passionately believe in what we do, in our product, our service, then it's our duty to shine our light, to be brilliant, to show everybody else what we do. But so often it's the fear of standing out from the crowd, of being different, of maybe losing friends who are stuck in their old ways that holds us back. So I thought for today's top tip, I would read out the poem by Marianne Williamson. I'm sure a lot of you will be familiar with this poem, but if you aren't, then I hope it resonates and you get something from it. Please do Google it and reread it again. If you're familiar with it, well, maybe it's just a reminder because sometimes we need reminding of the things that we think we already know. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Well, actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of the universe. Your playing small doesn't serve the world. 
There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of the Creator within us. It is not just in some of us, it is in all of us, in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. And that's the poem by Marianne Williamson called Who Am I To Be Brilliant? So do Google that and, uh, and read it again. So I hope you've enjoyed our show today. Please listen again, subscribe to the show, and I look forward to you listening again sometime. Bye for now. This has been your Ross Jones Bold Business Bits podcast show. If you'd like any further information about anything we've discussed today, please just get in touch. Go to businesscoachingyorkshire.co.uk. Please join me again next week when I'll be speaking with another phenomenal female business boss with bold business bits. And remember to subscribe to my show. Thanks for listening.